Keep God's word on your lips Meditate on it day and night Be careful to do what it says Then you will truly be successful Keep God's word on your lips Meditate on it day and night Be careful to do what it says Then you will truly be successful Hey everybody, it's day 76 of our 90 day challenge and the topic is Study, study, study Second Timothy, the second chapter, the first through the 15th verse. Though therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Though therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must first be a partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And there ends our reading for today. The other day, I saw a picture of a pair of frames I hadn't worn in a long time. You know how Facebook memories or you see a photo of someone else tagging you. And then you look at that picture and you say, now, where is that shirt? Where are those glasses? Where is that hat? I assumed that these frames were lost and began to check prices on replacing them. But before I ordered a new pair, I decided to look for them in the drawer designated for all of my glasses. You see, in my home, don't judge me, everything has a place. Every item has a home of its own, and it may take a lot of energy to organize your home this way, but the benefits of everything having a home are most evident when things get lost. If glasses, for example, belong in this drawer, 
and chargers belong in that drawer, then everyone who frequents my home on a regular basis knows where to look for those items if I'm not there or if random cords end up somewhere they shouldn't be. And to my surprise, I went to my glasses drawer and the glasses were sitting right there in a the case where I had left them months ago. It dawned on me that the body of Christ should function just like an organized home. Every member of God's body should have a place in ministry they call home. When they aren't in position, the house should feel it. When they aren't in place, the room should feel different. And if we manage our ministries the way we organize our homes, then fewer people would fall through the cracks. If we take the time to make sure every person has a place where they belong, then we don't need to rush and hide things in a miscellaneous drawer when guests come to visit. This includes those who worship in song, those who worship in sermon, and those who worship in study. Whether you know it or not, study is also worship. After all, somebody had to write the commentary you love to read. Someone had to publish the book you love to quote. Someone had to take time to rightly divide the word. Because if there is a right way to divide the word, then there must also be a wrong way. And one of the greatest realizations I ever had was this three word sentence. I want you to write it down. Study is worship. Thus, we do not study for worship. We must see study as worship. As Paul instructs Timothy in this beautiful letter, I can hear someone who is concerned about the whole man, the whole woman. In the passage we read today, Paul begins by encouraging Timothy to have courage. Sounds a lot like the words God spoke to Joshua after announcing that Moses was dead. In the same way, Paul encourages Timothy to be a man of hard work and endurance. He reminds Timothy that the goal is not to be approved by people, but to be approved by God. Paul was clear that the calling to pastor is not a popularity contest. Instead, it is a call to faithfulness to God. And the goal is for us to glorify God in all that we do, whether we cook, clean, communicate, sing, play, present, design, color, paint, or pray. And the measurement by which we determine a satisfactory offering is that our work should be done for God, to God, without shame. And be not ashamed. How often do we cringe at being evaluated at work when we know we aren't doing our job? I have sat personally in that seat too many times to count, whether it was teaching at a daycare or at a college, whether it was taking a final exam I wasn't ready for, or passing the driver's test to obtain my license. Nobody wants the test, to reveal your unpreparedness. Nobody wants a bad evaluation. And in the same way, God will observe all that we do in public and in private. God will have the final say around whether or not our worship is acceptable unto him. Remember, just because we give it doesn't mean he's obligated to accept it. My grandmother used to say it this way. You may be able to fool humans, but you will never be able to fool God. As we endeavor to please the God who sees both good and evil, may we remember that God sees the good too. I only used to focus on the mistakes God sees, but God also sees the labor. God also sees your attention to detail. 
God also sees the many nights you prolonged sleep to make sure the offering was both good and acceptable. God sees all. And when we live a life that seeks to please him and him alone, we live a life of freedom and fruitfulness. Think about it this way. Have you ever found yourself speeding on a desolate highway? Have you ever caught yourself jamming to your favorite song only to realize that somehow you are now 20 miles over the speed limit? Isn't it interesting that the moment you see a cop car, you slow down as quickly as possible? And if you're anything like me, you look in that rearview mirror for about 10 minutes after that first encounter to make sure the cop doesn't pull out to follow behind you. You know if you get a ticket, they would be right to give you what you deserve, but still you pray for God to rescue you from your wrongdoing one more time. Then you look forward and back, forward and back, and you do this for whatever time you need to do it. It, for me, seems like forever, and I sometimes go half of my trip looking back and turning down the music because when you get older, you turn down the music so you can see better. <laughs> And I will look front and back, front and back like I am participating in a Jane Fonda exercise video until there is no trace of that cop in sight. But if I am honest, if I am traveling long distance after 30 minutes or so, I find myself accelerating the gas again because the eyes of the cop aren't in every place. They are only able to see what is within their purview. Well, that isn't the reality with God. The truth is God sees all. God sees the deeds we do wrong and God sees the diligence with which we tend to our calling. God sees the research you do. God sees the books you are reading. God sees the hours you spend on YouTube or in the library to find the right information, the right song, the right sound, the right setting. God sees the labor it takes to get it all just right. And people only see the 20 minute sermon, but God sees the 20 hours of study, the editing, the rephrasing, the prayerful silence, the tears, the excitement, the yawns, the overdubs, the backspaces, the reading, the rereading, and the notes on the margins. God memorizes your notes on the margins. God sees you. So live your life like God is looking. Live a life that is committed to rightly dividing the truth and not rushing in the kitchen to cook up an offering God doesn't want. Take time to organize your life so that every good and perfect gift has a place. Remember, how you do anything is how you do everything. So build your life upon the word. Ask God to give you a firm foundation. Commit to rightly dividing his truth and rightly executing his purpose within you. If you are a student, study. If you are a worship leader, study. If you are a parent, study. If you are a seminarian or a preacher, study. Our study doesn't just make us astute. Our study confirms our surrender. So what is your worship work today? Today, I want you to work on rightly dividing the truth. Do not look for an interpretation of scripture that seems most comfortable and convenient to you and then claim it is true. Do not make up ideas that sound good. Instead, do the hard work of faithfully studying God's word and then live it out. Study. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of 
the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever Yeah.
There's been a drought for way too long. We need to sing our freedom song. Oh Lord, we need a touch from you. We really need a touch from you. Lord, we need to hear your voice. Our hearts are open, we have no choice. Oh, Lord, we need a touch from you. We really need a touch from you. Send your last from you we really need 